interfacing with the Matrix. The all-spark that links everyone and everything that ever lived, or ever will live. Welcome to the Axelon Archives, the highest rated Beast Era podcast on Apple Podcasts, where you watch every episode of the 90 CG cartoon, Beast Machines. If you want to follow along, you can do so on uh, with the DVDs or on Tubi.tv. I'm Daoud. I'm James. And despite um, despite technical difficulties on both our sides, uh, we are here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My browser is trying to protect me from itself. Yeah. Uh, James' camera's not working, and I had to stick my laptop in the freezer for like, a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the uh, first thing, let's get let's do the catch up. Uh, I actually saw Toy Story four finally. Oh, cool! How yeah. was it? Um, it was pretty good. I really hope this is the last one, though. I'm like, I feel like anything past this and the point, and it'll no longer be a story for someone who grew up grew up with mm-hmm. it. Um, also, yeah. the this, the movie had a lot less to do with getting Forky back than I thought it was gonna. <laughs> uh, I, I was expecting kind of a, a return to Toy Story 1 where uh, they, they're kind of lost for most of the movie mm-hmm. but yeah um, speaking of you know uh, most of the movie Buzz Lightyear's not in this movie much <laughs> uh, I wonder you... if it I wonder if it's like Disney trying to like get away from Tim Allen as much or something I was honestly thinking that as I was watching it because uh, uh, there's actually you know it's it's um major movies coming out. There's going to be a merchandising push. So uh, th- there was a it was a Buzz Lightyear uh like a little plushie. And I, I just remarked to someone. I'm just like this used to be my, one of my favorite characters until until his voice turned evil. Yes. <laughs> if you're Tim Allen, I don't mean like actual evil. I'm just it criticizing for some of the stuff he said. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Anything new with you? Let's see. Uh, not too much. Uh, been mainly been like finally uh trying to play through Mother Three, aka the sequel to Earthbound, mm. which is a game that like I've been wanting to play for years but haven't been making time for. Turns out it's very good. I don't know if you've heard that before. I, I think uh I think I have. Yeah, I've just uh scrolling past the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. 
weirdly relevant today, since a lot of the plot is is uh kind of how since the town takes like a small town and like like things get made more complicated, like like bringing in modern elements and prosperity, it has a lot of like kind of social commentary. It mm. is weirdly applicable today, even though this was a game that was made it back in like that is like that is over ten years old at this point. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say, given the fact how long we waited for like that game to come out in the first place. That mm. game was supposed to come out on the Nintendo sixty four disc drive. <laughs> was this wait? Was the sixty four supposed to have a disc drive accessory at some point? Oh yes, uh, oh. man. This is this is a quick tangent. So they announced when they originally announced the sixty four, it was going to have a disc drive, which is going to be a a uh, a component that goes underneath. It's similar to the uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the old Famicom disc system. No. You'd basically, uh, Nintendo basically did the same thing with the NES in Japan. So they mm-hmm. did this where it was going to have these, uh, essentially kind of like zip disks that you would go in and would have better storage than cartridges and would have networking capabilities. It, but the long story short, it took it way longer than expected to come out. And then by the time it was coming out, it was clear it was not going to be able to do make a dent in the market. Mm. So like a lot of the games originally promised for it were either put to the to N64 proper. Like, I think at one point, like, Ocarina of Time was going to be a 64 DD, or, you know, if it wasn't, it, they were going to have, like, an enhanced version coming of, like, the, like, Ura Zelda. Mm. That didn't happen. But yeah, Mother 64 was a, was a lost game that they showed a prototype at a, uh, Nintendo's trade show at the time, Space World, and then kind of disappeared and got unceremoniously canceled, only to be revived later on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like there was a lot of like peripherals for the N64 that just did not end up happening. Like, wasn't right. there actually uh, an audio uh, driver or something in in there that the only game to use that was uh, Hey Pikachu or something? The exact title was. Uh, but... It was yeah. You were thinking like the uh, they had a microphone which would plug into the expansion slot on the on the controller. Yeah. I was there another game that used it? I I might be getting confused. Maybe Dosh. I want to say maybe Dosh and the Giant, one of the few notable disc system games, which is weird. Mm. But yeah, barely anything used it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, actually, speaking of just like stuff from ten years ago, uh, <laughs> I was given the task of uh, seeing if a Nintendo Wii w- would be able to be uh, used in in a certain foreign country, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, so I, I did a little bit of research, and there's two things that uh, that would potentially be uh, hindering this. One mm-hmm. is is the voltage difference and and outlet difference. Yeah. Uh, which I solved that. Uh, got that got that figured out already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got an adapter. The, the other yeah. thing is the the I don't know if you remember, but the Nintendo Wii used a HD component cable system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the you know f- uh, the five different uh, AV thing. Uh, yeah. which I, which then I was like, um, can you send me a picture of the back of the TV so I can know it'll yeah. actually connect to it? Cause you know, anything nowadays uses HDMI. So if it's a new mm-hmm. TV, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. The Wii was notably not an HD console. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are, there are, are uh, adapters. Like if you, if you need help, like, let me know after the show. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then I, but then after that, I have to just make sure it's a, it's of course a used Wii, so I have to check yeah. if it's uh check if it's still working. Yeah, there yeah. there are a million of them. I I am aware. Yeah. So <laughs> the other thing I want to bring up is where the transfers is like, 
So, have you seen, uh, the, have you seen Unicron? The Unicron. Uh, is it tra- a teaser trailer or something? No, 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 no. So, Hasbro, I think in, in part, of, I think this was created in partially because of how, inspired by, like, similar issues by, like, uh, similar to, like, Lego has, like, you can crowdfund a set. Hasbro has Hasbro Pulse, you can crowdfund, like, like, you know, figures. Like, I believe there was a life-size, like, Cookie Monster doll you could do. What they've done is a new version of Unicron, which is, who is A, huge, and two movie accurate. Well, I'm going to use some scare quotes because, like, so, like, the robot mode looks very, like, it has a, like, design-wise looks very similar to me to, like, the uh, the original, like, Armada one, but, like, it takes a lot more cues from the movie design, a lot more detailing, which means a lot more spiky, a lot more wings, yeah, and I'm, also... I'm looking at it yeah, now. As pl- yeah. As a planet mode, which includes, like, that uh, is fully round, spherical, it comes with a display stand, because otherwise you could have no way to get it, to put it down. And it even has uh, a mouth that would, like, like planet mouth that, like, kind of animates like, the movie. It is also $580. No, I think I actually. I I figured it was like a uh, a homemade thing. Nope. I think I actually saw a, a a quick video of the mouth in motion, and it was terrifying. Yeah, I think I, I I think I retweeted a gif of that. Yeah, that might be where you saw it. Maybe. Yeah, it is impressive. Although, like, I I have to admit, like, my thing is, is like, I don't know, like, I I at the end of it, I'm just like, I don't know if I actually. Pretty sure I don't actually need this. I think I. I'll probably not actually get this because, like, again, it's like five hundred and eighty dollars for like a toy that is lar- that is potentially larger than a small child. Yeah. Calling, I think, looks like they're calling it the War for Cybertron uh, Unicron. Yeah. Yeah. I I never actually finished that. I started. I think which, uh, War for Cybertron came first, right? War uh, for Fall of. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. I think I started uh, War for Cybertron, the game. Uh, I did not get very far. I think I, I think the last thing I, last point in the story I got was where I think Jetfire like left the orbital command station because uh, to to tell on to tell on Starscream. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's the la- I think that's the last point I got in the story, which isn't very far into the even just the Decepticon campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I still have my PS3, but I realize I don't really play it much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Have you heard of what phone soap is? Have I heard of what phone soap? Phone soap. Oh, yeah, phone soap, like soap-free phone. No, I have not. All right. So this was um, this was actually originally a thing from Shark Tank. Uh, basically, what it is is like a uh, a UVC chamber. Uh, for uh, for your phone. Uh, yeah. I, I I the reason I bring this up is because I I just got one. Uh, it's big enough to fit like the the you know the larger phones nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you do is open it up, put your phone in there, or lock the phone, put it in there, mm-hmm. uh, and then just like wait ten minutes when the light turns off, it's ready. Uh, mm-hmm. and it just blasts the thing with UVC light to to sterilize it, sanitize it. Because your yeah. phone is more is dirtier than a public toilet. I I have some thoughts about like the weird obsession we have in like 
ominous and like getting rid of all microbes. Oh, I agree. But I think that is probably a different podcast. I, I, okay, as someone with allergies and asthma, I, I know these these autoimmune diseases are because uh didn't I didn't go out and get dirty enough as a kid. Yeah. Uh, which so I agree with you on that. However, um, I feel like something that you're holding a lot and you know putting up your ear. Uh, is something you should at, at the very least make an effort to clean once in a while. I mean, I do a little bit. I mean, I keep it turn out in any case, which you know, I know not a perfect thing, but yeah, no, no, like, like, so the the just the case with your hands. Uh, I, I'm not one. Of, I, I'm not one of those people who like. I hate using hand sanitizer mainly yeah. because I'd rather just wash my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. I I, I and I've got an air purifier, but that's really just because my yeah. I'm, I'm asthmatic. Uh, right. I, I I try to find that balance. But yeah, yeah, I, and I'm not yeah. I'm not begrudging anyone who actually does have allergies and needs to do them. Yeah, because <laughs> like clearly that is it is a problem. It's kind of like while I will roll my eyes at like some of some stuff that has like like some bad things like you know gluten free stuff, but if you say like I actually have celiacs, I'm just like okay, I'm not gonna doubt you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's all you gotta say. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. my, my sister in was telling me about when they were checking out preschools let me remind you my nephew is one and a half uh-huh. uh, <laughs> but they were checking out preschools it's because they're that competitive and you need to, you need to get registered that early in LA uh-huh. and there, some parent asked if the menu is gluten free and like my sister in law had the forethought to you know ask like the, oh someone asked that did they have celiac disease? And they responded, no. I'm just like, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. So some of, the, some of, the, some of those stereotypes about LA people are true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't think so. All right. But well, I did want to bring up Unicron just because, like, it's kind of like a big Transformers news thing. I uh, I think actually there are some other. Tra- I'm trying to think if there's any other Transformers news because because uh, San Diego Comic Con is going on, so I think which is part of the reason why that got unveiled to kind of since I'm sure they have a full size version mm. at the actual convention. Yeah, you know, kind of promote it. Yeah, I've got pictures from IGN of like it in a case. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this thing is gigantic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pulling up a gallery because I'm just like, what actually got revealed? Because the the only thing I remember seeing is seeing that they're making Rung from uh, the IDW comics who transforms into like nothing, but I guess they made into a gun because you can't sell a toy that turns into nothing. This is weird. So the the Unicron toy, uh, like its feet are a lot of folded plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess it's, oh, it's got the little backpack. That's cool. But uh, this thing actually really sculpted pretty well, and I'm noticing that uh, oh, yeah. some of the like planet surface uh, or moon surface in this case uh, actually kind of looks similar to the the Primus figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, there's there's a ton of details, and I think that is impressive. Mm-hmm. But I also think it is um way more expensive than I want to spend on a toy at this point. Yeah. Uh, I. I, I that the the masterpiece Optimus Prime is pretty cool, but honestly, it's never gonna be leaving its box. I'm there's not I and after cleaning through this and re- filling up my recycle bin, 
twice, uh, cleaned through my room, and because uh, of how much stuff I threw away, I'm being a little more cautious with my with my purchases nowadays. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I still have the I I only have the uh, have the first uh, masterpiece Optimus Prime. Uh. Like that one was kind of good enough for me. Like, I my brother who I've mentioned before several times on this podcast, Pikachu's collector, he's like gone and like. I, you know, upgrade, like, essentially upgraded, like, uh, I love for this one, and I know he's, like, set, like planning on trying to get this one. I mean, it's just like, uh, I don't know. But yeah, I believe, oh, that's right. The, like, he's, the reason he's War for Cybertron is because, like, uh, you, replacing Combiner Wars is they're doing a War for Cybertron planning, so reusing the name, but not necessarily related to the games itself. Mm. And the first part is going to be called Siege. Like the, the like the line they're releasing right now? Yes. Alright. Maybe maybe they're planning another series. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll talk about some more, more things. Since we don't usually talk about like what's current in Transformers, but like we're kind of in the like the middle of like, ooh, a hot new line is launching. Yeah. Granted it also does not di- granted it does not directly relate to most of anything we're talking about. No. <laughs> uh speaking of what we're talking about, should we get should yes. we get started? Yes. Okay. Alright, so um, this week we are talking about uh, Spark Wars Part Three: The Seed, which yes. I just realized that was also a segue you planned for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, season two, episode nine, episode seventy-four of our of our main show, uh, aired April fifth, two thousand. Uh, written by Steve Melching, five it was the fifth of six episodes he wrote, and he'll be returning for Endgame Part Two, which uh, about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh. Directed by Luke Carroll. Uh, this is only Transformers credit, uh, but he did stick around at Mainframe after Rainmaker acquired them. Mm-hmm. I believe he's still there. <laughs> Actually, funny story. So I um I was grabbing the ep- next episode preview for, mm-hmm. and I accidentally put the writer and director for uh Spark of Darkness instead of instead of this episode. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize it until I started watching the episode. I'm like, wait, Steve Melching wasn't didn't write this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. So, Night Scream, oh, look at that, uh, I just got an announce, uh, announcement for uh, War for Cybertron Siege Red Alert. Ah. Cool. Uh, live news here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bringing you the hottest Transformer updates. <laughs> that, uh, actually, how old will they be? Because, like, I forget, we're technically not releasing. Well, I mean, as far as the release date schedule goes, it'll be a week old. <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, so Night Scream is doing not something. Not that bad, comparatively. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as the the official uh, release date goes, but not when it, the episode will actually drop. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I have the ability to manipulate the dates these these go up. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so Night Scream uh, does some recon on the Vicon movements. Uh, Noble howls, howls in the distance right before he just walks up to Cheetor, Black Rackney, and Night Scream. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still off on his own at this point, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so Striking Obsidian... Uh, are kind of just doing some troop deployments, and I noticed they're using the NATO phonetic alphabet to yes. direct them, yeah. Which, yeah. That makes sense, but... Yeah. Something I am weirdly familiar with. Not because I've ever been in the military, but because I've been in a lot of call centers, and sometimes you gotta use the phonetic alphabet to spell stuff out over the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've tried to memorize what my name and with the NATO, what the phonetic alphabet is. I've gotten close most of the time. I have a very long name. <laughs> I definitely, I have not memorized mine, and mine is super short. Yeah. Uh, so, 
the maximals. Of, uh, I know A is alpha. That's about it. <laughs> alpha or I, I mean, honestly, it's easy, when you're saying it over the phone, it's not uh, easier to use A for Apple instead of alpha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Um, they uh they actually get spotted by actually. Well, Noble gets spotted because he's howling out, basically calling yeah. the Vicons to him. Uh, but the Maximals uh, transform and start fighting. Uh, Peter using his sword as a boomerang again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, like two drones just start running up to him. He just tosses yeah. them away. <laughs> I do think this is kind of important because, like, I think we kind of commented on last episode that like this didn't really feel like a trilogy. But this episode does feel like it is at least building off of last episode and building off of some other things since, like, like Savage Noble's been around, and, like, and it is, it, it is around, and, like, it's trying to set up for a big payoff, which we're going to talk about well, soonish. Yeah. So it actually kind of, it, it kind of works for this, them, they're doing recon, and then essentially their cover getting blown because Noble, Noble comes up to, uh, to Night Scream like a lost puppy dog and is like not at all stealthy. Like he, he like for the not for not the only time this episode, Noble just walks up to them. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's like a, he's the wandering yeah. wolf man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although he's walking on all fours this time, which looks a little weird because he doesn't really have like he has a kind of short torso. Yeah. So he's like his arms are his his elbows are kind of almost kind of smashing into his knees. Yeah, his uh, and he's using his yeah he's using his forearm his four legs in this case uh like mm-hmm. the way you think Tarzan of walking or at least standing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the Maximals get underground and Night Scream manages uh, uh most of them of course wanting to ditch Savage, but Night Scream manages to hold off and manages to convince Noble to follow them underground. Yeah. Uh, as we get I back- actually kind of realized the first time like I like that like. Oh, Noah, even though he's, like, like is a wolf and turns into a big dragon is kind of destructive, he's actually probably very hard for, the, very hard for, like, Megatron to keep track of since he's fully organic. Yeah. He wouldn't be able to have a signature, which actually kind of, it's something I never thought about. Like, oh, that kind of explains why like, he just kind of wanders around Cybertron doing his own thing. Like, even Megatron says, I should probably get rid of this guy. I can't find him most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, he probably doesn't really need to be sneaky. Yeah. As long as he's not howling his location out. Yeah, or going into um, heavily fortified areas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, back at the base, Optimus reminds everyone they're on a timetable because Megatron's, you know, enacting some kind of evil plan. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, maybe when we find out what the plan is, there's there's no on the surface there's no reason why he couldn't have just done it all at once. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, maybe he needs to like process them as uh, after each time. Yeah. Um, he's eating the sparks, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Rattrad suggests that they try this, a literal Trojan horse plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know where they're gonna get wood. It's probably gonna be the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have trees, just not very many of them. And they're not very big. Yeah. Uh, so they all, so they all end up, uh, separating out into teams and, uh, go out with, uh, some new field scrambles, which have a special feature this time. Yeah. Uh, Night Scream uh, gets Noble to run away in order to get him to not follow them on the mission. Yeah, yeah. You ever see you see a movie where they like where the child takes like the obviously wild animal and tries to get it go back in the wild, 
That that's that scene. He does everything short of like throwing rocks at him in order to get Noble to go away, which I'm okay with. It always it always bums me out when they like toss rocks to like make the dragon wolf or whatever go away. It's just like I get it, but it still seems cruel. Yeah, like for for me the first uh, the first thing I saw with that trope was uh, was Airbud. Uh, Wait, they... Well, there's at one point like after he gets him back from the clown, uh, he's like he's gonna come after you again, so you what? need to run away. So he tries to like tell him the he tries yelling at him, calling what? him a stupid dog and stuff. I I know less about the plot of Airbud than apparently I thought I did. But <laughs> let's move on. Okay, because <laughs> because just like what clown? Huh? What? I thought it was just that he, I thought it was just that the rules can't say a dog can play basketball. No, you don't have to explain it down. <laughs> Let me have this mystery. His owner was a clown who trained him to hit to hit balls. His original owner. Mm-hmm. He's not a very nice clown. Anyways, right. um, <laughs> uh, all right. So um, Night Scream. Okay, uh, so Megatron uh, like. Shows his spark, which kind of is the the down. He downloads the hologram through this. Uh, short version is his hologram turns into yeah. a spark. Yeah, well, like he's used that hologram to like speak to the generals and thrust in particular when they're inside. Yeah. So I think it's like kind of like kind of a mass, just like give him a way to communicate. Just but now he's just like I don't need the pretense of like being a being a regular transformer. I'm about to become a god. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> and going along with the the at least the canon where the the, the all like every spark returns to and comes from the, the all spark. Okay. Uh right. he's I guess he's trying to create that again with himself. Yeah. I also like this is a nice kind of like subtle kind of bit of of story Like Thrust rolls up and kind of stooks and he's kind of left aghast at this, which is a very impressive, you know, kind of a very impressive to convey a wordless, like, emotion for a character who doesn't really have a true face. Yeah. But they do it. Yeah. I just give them props from that. It's like, it's a little bit they didn't have to do, but, I, I'm, but I, I'm impressed that they did it. Yeah, he, uh, oh yeah, so he, he turns in, he, he shows his spark and then tells them to, tells the computer to open the, the security chamber, I think he said? The spark chamber. Yeah, the spark chamber. Uh, he just grabs two of them as they're floating out, and then just consumes them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he also tells Thrust that he's not concerned with the Maximals anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you notice that his spark seems to be getting bigger every time he takes one? Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. He's like, yeah. again, he's like he he is ascending. He is ascending to godhood. Yeah. Uh, so Silverbolt, Silverbolt, Night Scream, and Cheetor go out and uh, go to cause a distraction by just taking on some drones head on. Uh, mm-hmm. The others use a field scrambler and sneak inside. They're sneaking mm-hmm. inside the Grand Mall, right? Yeah. Okay, because they never actually showed it. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, because because the context is right now it's hovering aboard a spaceport, uh, the spaceport in order to like get supplies. So they sneak onto it by getting a uh, like an automated drone ship that's carrying supplies up to the Grand Mall. Oh right, okay. Uh, so the uh the the fires and shooters start uh, stick an arrow drone with a field scrambler, which then gives it a maximal signature, and the others shoot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, we see that they've been doing this a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, hence the uh, the special feature Ratrat was talking about. Yeah. Uh, once they get aboard the Grand Mall, uh, Optimus like communes with the Oracle for a second to to point the way towards the sparks. Yeah, 
but Striker and Obsidian uh, find one of the scramblers on the not uh, like there's a lot of drones that they apparently were, were showing a maximal signature. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how like not only is it impressive that he was able to that Ratchet was able to get these working again, but he made a lot of them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so what they realize what it is, and Striker says, "Well, I can if I can find the frequency they're using, I can maybe uh, cause a feedback and overload the other ones." Yeah, she d- she techno babbles the hell out of that scene. Yeah. So it's like if I can find the right harmonic uh, frequency, I can cause a resonance feedback, and just like, what does any of that mean? F- feedback on on the entire network can cause you. They're not connected. That's the thing. They're not networked. That's the real problem. Yeah. <laughs> If, uh-huh. if those scramblers were networked, that, that actually would have worked. She may as well said that I'm going to reverse the polarity. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm not, not trying to say, like, oh, that's a plot hole. Just, like, it is kind of a, like, like a silly explanation for a basic, oh, we're going to turn this back on them thing. Yeah, like, if this was the original uh, T- Team NT cartoon, Donatello would have hit it with a wrench. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ratchet manages to get the Maxwell into the main chamber. Uh oh, the the scrambler's turned off. Uh, so the rest of the Maximals who are inside the Grand Mall, uh, are detected. Uh, the, and some psycho drones show up. Ratchet manages to get them inside the main chamber where uh where Megatron usually is. Yeah, it is kind of funny that like Thrust shows up like, oh no, it's Thrust, but he has like only two drones. It's like, it's like I the like two episodes ago you were saying like, oh, like him with a dozen drones was not scary. So it's kind of. Like I get the idea, of, like oh no, and then I wouldn't be surprised if said like we like we can't fit a million drones in this set, so they're just gonna run away from like thrusting two drones. But it still was a little silly. Well, he's also got them cornered. Right. Yeah, like they're between a door and and three uh, okay. three vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. I will retract. retract yeah, that. he's got like he's got a clear shot at them. Yeah. Um. So they get into the spark containment chamber. Uh, Megatron starts using his. Metal ten- tentacles. That's important because he's gonna have some spark tentacles later. Yeah. Uh, he holds them down. Yeah. So many tentacles. Like we haven't seen that many tentacles since the Vok were in the were in the, were around. Yeah. The uh, so Megatron's spark starts reaching out and pulling all the sparks of all the Maximals in. Uh, when Noble walks up again, mm-hmm. the, one, the Wandering Wolfman comes in. Yep. Uh, he starts start throwing a beat down against all the Mega the Vehicons. It's actually, really fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just like kind of trashes them all. Like, like, like Obsidian Striker. Like, what the heck is just? This is just a dumb brute. It's just funny to see him kind of like taken out. Yeah, and it would, of course it results in him like breaking like Megatron's connection to Nightstream and saving Nightstream. Yeah, yeah, he's got to defend his boy. Yep. Uh, so uh, Megatron tries to fight Noble directly. Uh, Noble gets blasted and uh, hit and hits the ground, which th- this is th- now we get one of my favorite tropes in fiction. Uh, like N- Night Scream uh, sort of uh, holds him as he's laying on the ground and lets out a death wail, mm-hmm. uh, which overloads Megatron's spark uh, and basically like mm-hmm. sonics him out of existence. Yeah, it appears yeah, he appears to just like blast him out of existence, causing him to release all of the captured sparks. The like uh, our main Maximals get their sparks back. All the other sparks go into the canister, and everything would be good except the Grand Mal starts crashing because uh, obviously without like Megatron's AI it, it's taking control of it. So, to which we get perhaps like 
perhaps the greatest rat trap line in this show and in all shows, where he says, Abandoned head. <laughs> oh, he actually, uh, yeah, the, but but then uh, Optimus points out that you know all the sparks are aboard. Yeah. So we need. So he jumps on the controls and says, "Like, switch the manual." And uh-huh. <laughs> I guess Ratchet's panicking a little bit because he has trouble finding a port. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So, yeah. But they they end up they they manage to stop it from crashing and get it back in the air. Uh-huh. Uh And then we get uh we get a eulogy for 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 Noble back uh-huh. in base. Uh, they have yeah. a little hologram of him, just like Tasha Yar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, I wrote it down. So, uh, our fallen friend may have sacrificed his life, but he did not do so in vain. He allowed us to defeat our enemy, ensuring the salvation of our people. He has made it possible for Cybertron to be reborn, free from tyranny and fear. Which, if he had a spark, I would, I would say, may he join, uh, may join the Matrix with the mm-hmm. grace of Cybertron, but he does not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, may he be reborn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then we get, uh, a red spark sort of just zooming through the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. So, I had some kind of mixed feelings on it. The first time I watched this, I felt a little anticlimactic. as kind of like a big kind of, you know, kind of the big season midpoint thing. Mm-hmm. I watched it again, though, and it worked a bit better... Again, some of the stuff I feel works better in, uh, like, in, like, practice and execution. Like, there are parts of it where I feel like we needed the peril to go up another level, if not by what was happening, by some kind of visual thing going on. Like, Megatron as a, like, like Megatron as a, bar, as a big spark is not super intimidating. It's, like, big and orange, but, like... I feel there was something here to say that this is more than just like, oh, this is a giant spark. It's like, no, this is like, again, I, I, I've said it several times, and that like he was ascending godhood, and but like, I don't know if there was a way to see, make him like start looking more like the all spark. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, uh, him just you know getting bigger isn't super intimidating. What is intimidating is the fact that David K's uh, voice gets deeper and the spark mm-hmm. pulsates every time he talks. That's honestly yeah. kind of kind yeah. of a power play. Yeah. And I do like the idea of just like the like again, I think I've kind of criticized some of the noble art going through, but at least the idea of just like he had a friend, the friend's personal got stripped out by Megatron, but he still believes something was there and in the moment like the darkest hour when it looks like he's getting at like he remembered him long enough to be able to save and sacrifice himself. Save him one more time and then and that sacrifice gave Night Scream the ability to like defeat Megatron, and, you know, the idea that Megatron cast aside his beast mode being useless, but it ended up being kind of his undoing. Yeah. There's a good idea. Even if, like, I don't feel some of it comes together in the final product, at least there there are a lot of big ideas going into this episode. And I do feel as, maybe as a, as, while this is kind of a, this is a weird trilogy, it's not quite the same thing as, uh, Shoot, what was what was the uh what was technically the trilogy with uh Rhinox? Um what was it? What was Revelations, yeah. Revelations, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's, this is not nearly on par with Revelations, but like if you take if you focus on like the the past two episodes, uh the search and siege, I think it's for, like 
it's a pretty good duology of episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, another thing about it, I, I m- the parts about this episode I actually uh, enjoyed the most were the fan service ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and actually, going back to that death way, also like uh, I, I I'm realizing that the, the reason why I probably like that so much is the fact that uh, in Disney's Hercules, like his his little death whale when when Meg gets crushed under a pillar is like what like turned the tide to the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I love Goodwill too. I watch enough anime that like I'm used to like, oh no, like someone sacrifices themselves <laughs> and like it gives the main character like, no, I gotta do this for them. <laughs> Frieza, you monster! You killed Krillin. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. <that's> a... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, that probably contributes to it too. Yeah, I mean, uh, spoiler for Naruto if anyone hasn't wa- watched that yet. But uh, when Neji when Neji gets wait, Jake's re- watching this. Jake, oh. skip ahead like if you're listening, skip ahead like fifteen seconds. Uh, I'm not sure if he actually listens to us. Yeah. All right, fine, fine. I won't say anything. Uh, yeah. so, so just Naruto has a similar moment during the war. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I think I actually said the character. Uh, I'll believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all, right. all right. Anyways, <laughs> going on to the trivia. Um, pull back up. All right. So, uh, Megatron actually says uh, when he's captured the Maxwell, um, uh, "Let us all be one." So apparently, he thinks that the one in "Till All Are One" is referring to him. I yeah, I do like it when when you have like these lines that have been like repeated through a fan of something, and it's always nice when you can invert them. Yeah. Like there's also like there's a uh, a similar thing like there's a similar thing in animated where. That Megatron actually gives them, like, gives the the uh, the uh, Decepticons a Sony fade where he says instead of like let's like all, like transform roll out like transform and rise up, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of cool, particularly since all the Decepticons are predominantly flyers in that show. Oh, oh, you know what? I, I really I, since neither of us got to do a proper reading of it, I would I really wish that line was in Uprising. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, that'd be cool. Actually, uh, what what year did uh, animated come out? Like oh seven, right? Oh seven sounds about right. Okay, yeah. Um, that would have been like maybe a year into Uprising, so my uh, the line might not have been been around to use. Yeah. All right. Um. So, in spite of the numerous editorial decisions to remove firearms and other examples of uh, overt violence from Beast Machines, this episode features Megatron implicitly killing a whole ton of Maximals by literally eating their souls. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to mention the fact that he he's also like eating the souls of uh, like helpless disembodied Transformers, Predacon and Maximal alike. Yep. Yeah, that's dark. Uh, the German title for this episode is "The Hero," and the Japanese title is "Eternal Friendship." Uh, both apply. Yeah. Um, I I really just want to watch the German dub of the show, just for the <laughs> titles. Yeah. Uh, uh, character. We not do. We don't have a character spotlight this week. Although I, yeah, I if we knew ahead of time, this might have been a good point to do a uh, uh, noble, but we didn't prep enough for it. We we did talk about it when he first showed up. Yeah, we, we all right. Yeah, um, noble was a good boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not much more you can say about him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Golden Disc, uh, so something I realized recently, 
that the iTunes stores uh, separate reviews for apps and uh, and podcasts by country. Oh yeah, that does sound familiar. Yeah, so what I did was uh, our hosting site Buzzsprout allows me to see the uh, top ten countries uh, which our listeners are coming from. So I went in and checked each one of those, and mm-hmm. found we actually have a review we did not read about before. Uh, yeah, we have one five-star review in the Mexican uh, uh, iTunes store. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. We're both pretty sure we know who that was, but thank yes. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, let's all start keeping track of that, too. So if you're someone who, like, has not reviewed us because you figured we might not read it, uh, I'll start checking that, like, every week before we record now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully this one goes up before we finish recording the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so getting on to our MVPs, uh, James. I started. So who's your MVP? Let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna give it to Night Scream. Like he's been, like he's been kind of doing a whole bunch of stuff. Like he's been kind of like mostly improving his character, and also this kind of like is the big culmination of his his story. Mm-hmm. And he did get to take down Megatron with his Sonic Scream, which I guess by default he had seats Botanica as the most powerful Maximal. Yeah. Congratulations, um, we, we'll update the rankings. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, actually, usually you think of it, so every time Botanica did her Thunderstorm attack, um, she was attacking physical drones, so she's the most, like, mm-hmm. physically powerful, but you gotta remember... Uh, Night Scream just destroyed someone's bare soul, so he's spiritually powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I was actually going to be a toss up between Night Scream and Noble, uh, mm-hmm. because I feel like this is kind of a team effort. Yeah. Of defeating Megatron. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since you picked Night Scream, I guess I'll give mine to Noble. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for, for basically everything that the eulogy said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next step, uh, anything for the next episode preview? Let's see, uh, I think that is everything. All right. We're, yeah, we're at, like, we're, uh, yeah, I think we're pat. well, okay, we're definitely over the halfway point, but we're getting towards the conclusion of the show. Yeah. We only have, uh, four more episodes after this. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, I completely forgot to talk about this. Uh, so... This upcoming uh, Sunday or Saturday, I will actually be at my at my informal high school reunion. Ten years. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're we're meeting up a couple towns over from from me uh, at a at a brewery. Uh, I'm gonna have to actually go after work. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I meant to I meant to say that in the catch up. I knew if there was something I forgot about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So uh, next episode preview. Uh, Megatron has been defeated, but strange creatures keep attacking the Maximals all over Cybertropolis. In Spark of Darkness. Ooh. Um, I when when I accident, uh, I was when I was scrolling through the page for that, I noticed the word mutant being used. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you know what, if we've talked about the mutants a couple times, so look forward to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for listening to Axon Archives. If you have any questions, want to guest on the show, or just want to talk about Beast Wars, you can reach us on Twitter at Axon Archives or by email at axonarchives at gmail uh, part of the music used in this episode is Fat Planet by Leftfield, and is copyright Leftfield. Fat Planet is used only for the purposes of discussion, and no violation of co- international copyright law is intended. You can find the band on the web at leftfieldmusic.com. 
and on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes by searching Left Field, all one word. Uh, you can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Podknife, Podbean, and a whole other bunch of places, including Stitcher and Spotify. We have closed the box on Pandora, as James would say. Uh, <laughs> please leave a rating and a review, um, preferably on Apple Podcasts or Sp- uh, Podknife. Those are the two places I'm able to check most easily. Uh, it helps people find the show and uh, helps us grow an audience. Check out our website at axelon.buzzsprout.com. If you want to follow either of us individually on Twitter, I'm at Dowfac. I'm at Discord underscore Inc. Until next time, remember to transform and transcend your destiny. Let's get ready to make some noise.